Um, I can I can remember, and many of you can, when cell phones first came out, and only only really rich people had them. They were about the size of a shoebox, you know, and. And I can remember driving in Des Moines and seeing this guy come by in his big fancy car. And he, like, had to be on his phone, you know. Look at me. I've got a cell phone. And and he had to be pretty strong to hold those things. They were huge. Any of you remember those? Okay. few of you do. All right. And And I don't know if you were like me. That is so stupid. I mean, why would you need a phone? that's mobile and and everything and now it's like if you leave home oh man i forgot my phone and it's like panic strikes you you know i mean it's it's funny how things change isn't it um we could go on and give illustration after illustration but we think oh i i don't need that and and in most cases um, you know, you buy a cell phone and and they want to sell you all these other things and insurance and all that. And this is just the way I am. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. This is the way I am. I don't want to pay so much a month for insurance. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I want to try to take care of the phone. Yeah, but what if it breaks? Well, I understand. You know, that's just me. I'm not saying you're bad if you do it. You're probably smart if you do it. But I'm smarter. No, I'm just kidding. Don't jump on me for that. You know what I'm saying? Jeepers. Just seeing if you're awake today, all right? So, I, I, but that's just me. And, and I'll probably break my phone tomorrow and have to go buy a new one because I don't have insurance Maybe I could learn to live without one, too. any rate, I don't want to chase that rabbit too far, okay? But the same is true when we come to Christ. Christ lays out all these things, and we say, Oh, 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 I just, I just want my sins forgiven. I don't need all this other stuff. And he said, you know, the, the sad part is, if they said, hey, you can, you can get a new case for your phone every month, and insurance is free, and, and we're giving you all this, and it was all free, I'd say, okay. But that's what Christ does to us. He says, here's the whole package of faith. When, when we think of faith, and we often say, have you come to faith? And we mean, have you trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sin? And that is a step of faith that we'll look at in just a moment. But faith is, is the daily lifeblood of what we are to have. We are to walk by faith. And, and the full package of faith is what he's talking about here in Romans chapter 5. And we want to look at this. So he says, therefore, and that's in reference back to chapter 4. In chapter 4, he is telling us that Abraham could not earn 
God's favor. That Abraham was saved by promise, not by performance. It was a gift. It wasn't because he was a Jew or circumcised or the works that he did. He was justified, made righteous before God by faith. And so, he's saying, therefore, because Abraham and all mankind, and in chapter 4, and we're not going to go over it today, but he said, Jews and Gentiles are made righteous by faith, He says, therefore, being justified by faith. So here's the first aspect that we're familiar with, that we're justified by faith. We're declared righteous before God. Now, remember, he's been building his case. Romans 3, there's none righteous, no, not one. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. And and he paints that guilty, guilty, guilty picture in our lives. And then it says, but now by faith, trusting the promise of God, we are declared righteous before God. You can't earn a promise. You believe a promise. We can't earn the promise of God that that you do certain things and and then I'll give you this promise. The promise is given. We can't earn the promise, but we must believe it. See, Old Testament times, faith laid hold on a promise. We lay hold on an accomplished fact, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it's all by faith. It's all believing. And this is the first aspect of the package of faith. The songwriter said, Oh, God held a great flowing balance, and one side was waiting for me. The other side held such perfection as God had demanded there be. So picture a scale. This side's waiting for me. The other side held a standard of perfection as God demanded. As God held the scale in the middle, my side sank low with my sin. I cried for my side to be balanced, and Jesus the Savior stepped in. I came to the river destruction And the bridge that went over it was long. My burden too great for the crossing kept me from the city I saw. I wept in despair for deliverance. My burden was all of my sin. Then Jesus took all on his shoulders and told me, you're free, enter in. And the chorus says, I'm justified. I'm happy in Jesus today. The sins I've committed are all in the past. They'll never condemn me, for He holds me fast. 
I'm justified. I'm justified. I'm happy in Jesus today. Our sins weighed that scale down. There was no moving it. We were helpless and hopeless. And it's only the promise of God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that scale, that burden of sin was lifted. And we meet the balance of God's righteousness in Jesus Christ. So that we can say, I'm justified. I spared you the, the um, agony that my family's been enduring the last two weeks. I've had this song on my mind. And I'm going around singing and, and it, they don't know if it's the coyotes or dad, you know what I mean, or their husband. But um, I, it, it ha- I'm justified. I'm happy in Jesus today. The sins I've committed, they're all in the past. Think of that. They'll never condemn me, for he holds me fast. I don't know. There may be somebody today that you're still beating yourselves up with things that you've done. They're all in the past. They'll never condemn you because He holds you fast. And to rejoice in that. So that's the first aspect of faith. But then notice He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The second benefit of faith It's peace with God. Jesus said in John 14, My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. He said, I give you a peace that then he said in Philippians chapter 4, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that doesn't make sense. How can you have peace in this situation? Because I have faith in Christ. And, and this is a, is a very good barometer in our lives. When, when we do not have peace ruling in our heart, he said in Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your heart. When we do not have peace ruling in our heart, it's an evidence that we placed our faith in something else rather than God. And you know what? Most everybody here this week has probably had moments or hours or days where the peace is not ruled and God's trying to get us to see what are you trusting. Are you trusting in God? If we are, in the midst of all of Stephen being stoned for his faith, had peace ruling in his heart. He looked up to God and he, and he had peace ruling in his heart. When the peace is gone, we're walking by sight, not by faith. And we need that reminder often in our life. It, it's a battle that continually goes on. It doesn't mean that, that if you have faith that you'll never have that battle. That battle will come. We're always tempted To walk by sight, not by faith. But then we make the choice. I'm going to let the peace of God rule in my heart. In everything, Philippians 4, in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God. 
which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So not only are we justified, not only are we made righteous before God, that's just an incredible statement. I don't feel righteous. In and of myself, I'm not righteous, but made righteous before God. But then, in the midst of this life, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But then he gives us, notice the next, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So, I trust Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. I believe his promise, and I'm justified. And then as I yield to him and let, let him rule in my life, the peace of God rules in my life. And he said, and it's by faith we have access to this grace through Jesus Christ. Grace is not something limited to saving you. Grace, my favorite definition of grace is it is the empowering of God in my life that enables me to do His will. So, here we are, living in this world, and difficult times come. But I am justified. I can let the peace of God rule in my heart. And God will empower me to do what I ought to do in Christ. You cannot separate grace and Christ. Often in my own mind, I have. And I've preached that with every trial that comes, there's a dump truck of grace that comes back. It's not just grace, it's Jesus Christ. You can't separate the two. You go to Christ, and that's where you get the grace. People say, God will give you never more than you can handle. Yes, He will. But He'll never give you more than you can handle through Christ. If you try to handle it on your own, you can't. But if you go to Christ, God, I can't do this. I need your grace. I need your empowerment. I mean, this is what faith does. It it gives us access to this grace, this storehouse. Man, I can go into Christ and get everything I need. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. This is You know, we ought to be running to Jesus continually. I mean, we ought to say, I'm not leaving here. Because honestly, we can't make it without His grace. And and the reality that to to run to the Lord, it's, it's God's grace that brings the transformation in our life. And we're going to be, as we go on in Romans, we're going to be talking about Paul will be talking about the transformation. It's not something we can do on our own. It's God's grace. And you can't separate grace from Christ. As it mentioned here, through whom? Through Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So, we're justified. He gives us peace. We have access to grace, to Christ, and everything we need, the empowering of God in our life is there. But then he goes on and he says, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, 
but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, notice, it's by faith that we have all these things, and it's by faith we rejoice in hope, and we glory in tribulation. In other words, by faith, we can have victory in suffering. He said there will be suffering. In the world, you will have tribulation. There will be suffering. Part of it is because of the curse. There's sickness. There's disease. It's, it's part of the sin-cursed world we live in. Some of our suffering is because of bad choices we've made. Some of our suffering is bad choices other people have made. Some of our suffering is because of forces of evil uh, seeking to battle against. But the bottom line is there is suffering. And Paul's writing and he says, and not only that, but we glory in the tribulation. And he begins then to show us these tribulations, these trials produce perseverance. They can produce perseverance. They, we can let them blow us out of the water if we're not in Christ and getting His grace. But perseverance, that we, we stay by the stuff, we don't quit, it gives us strength. And the produ- perseverance produces proven character. Anybody can can say they are something or have a reputation for something, but until you're put in the fire, that's when it's really proven. Until we really face a trial, that's when we find out, as he said, and when I am tried and purified, I'll come forth as gold. That's why Paul's saying, I glory in tribulation because it's going to help get rid of some of the dross in my life. It's going to get rid of some of the bad. This, this trial is, is something that will be for my good. And then when the character is proven, it produces hope. And we'll talk more about hope in just a moment. But we should see all suffering as a possible tool of the enemy. If met with doubt in God's goodness and promise or bitterness toward others, or despair, even to the point of resignation, these sufferings can bring spiritual defeat to we as believers. But if met with an attitude of confidence and rejoicing that Paul encourages us here, these sufferings will produce invaluable spiritual qualities and spiritual blessings. Difficulties in life were never meant to destroy or derail us, but to drive us to the ultimate reality of what is certain. Seeing circumstances through God, rather than through just plain circumstances, makes all the difference in the world. And that's why Paul said, I'm seeing these circumstances through God. I'm running to Christ for grace for this suffering 
and I see God designed it for my good. Joseph said, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that's why Paul was able to say, the basis of hope in the midst of tribulation is God's love for the believers. And that's why you notice he went on and said, um, verse 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, by faith, every one of these is by faith. By faith we are justified. But don't grow content just with that. You can have the peace of God ruling in your heart. By faith. And don't just... Don't just be a peaceful person. By faith, you can have God's grace ruling in your heart so that you you are victorious in life and even in tribulations, even in trials, even in suffering. And because of that, by faith, we have hope. You notice he said, In verse 3, or verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then, as we already mentioned, perseverance builds character, character brings hope, and hope does not make ashamed, it does not disappoint, because the love of God is spread abroad in our heart. Biblical hope is not wishful thinking. Biblical hope is unabashed confidence in God's promises. That's faith. I have 100% confidence in what God promised. So I have great hope. Why? Wow, look at his promises. Is he going to do that? Absolutely. It's unabashed confidence in the promises of God. And, and so he goes in and, and he, he says, this is why you can have this great, great confidence in the promises of God. Here's why. He said, if God loved you while you were still a sinner, separated from God, angry with God, opposed to God, If God loved you while you were still a sinner, now that you're justified and a child of God, how much more will He love you? You think He's not going to take care of you? That's exactly what He's saying in verses 6 through 11. If God has already done the most difficult thing, reconciling, an unjust, rebellious, arrogant, vile, wicked sinner like me and like you, if he's already done the most difficult thing for we as unworthy sinners, how much more can he be depended upon to do the easier things? Peace, grace, purification, and glory. Hope. He says, so... He's writing to these believers and he says, all of this is by faith. 
Hope because we are saved. Verse 9, we are saved from God's wrath. I mean, think of that. We are justified, and that means we're saved from God's wrath. That means no matter what comes, we will not be experiencing the wrath of God. The wrath of God does not abide on us. Glorious. The future that there is for we of believers. See, these are all by faith. But it's faith in God. Everyone has faith. They believe something. But it's faith in God. Your faith is only as good as the person it's in. You know, you get these lifetime warranties, you know. Lifetime guarantee. Well, the company goes out of business in three years. What good is the lifetime guarantee? You know what I'm saying? Or they change their name or they sell out to somebody else. Well, we don't honor that. That was under fly-by-night business and they flew by night and they're gone, okay? This is a promise of God. And our faith is in God. And at the beginning of the year, we started out with the attributes of God. And God is perfect in all His ways. He is unchangeable in all His ways. He, he is perfect love. He is all knowledge. This is who our faith is in. You can't get any better place to put your faith in. Our faith is not in the Republican Party. It is not in Donald Trump. And, and God's bringing us to those crises. It's not in the Democratic Party. It's not in Joe Biden. It's not in the political realm. Our faith is in God, and you've been tested by that this week to see where your faith really is. And I'm here to tell you today, God hasn't moved a bit. And He loves you as much as He has ever loved, and He justified you, and He has given you everything to have the peace of God rule in your heart so that friends would say, Why are you so peaceful? God's in control. And He loved me enough to reconcile me to Him, to bring and forgive my sins. And He is in Christ. He is giving me the grace today to be the husband I ought to be, to be the parent, grandparent, to be the neighbor. There there come situations, right, in life that being the husband or wife you ought to be is like, I I don't have it. God, I need your grace. And you know what? God will give the grace if we'll lay down our arms. There's times you run into people and it's like, I don't have it, God. I'm running to you. I need your strength. I need your power. I want to give them a piece of my mind. Don't do it. I don't have enough mind to go give pieces of it to people anymore, okay? But the reality is... We, we have this grace. It's, it's by faith. And, and to get down in the dumps, no, man, I have more hope than ever before. Because God loved me while I was yet a sinner. He's still loving me. I am saved from the wrath to come. And even in the midst of suffering, yeah, but we might suffer. Man, 
I'm not begging for suffering. I'm not praying for it. But God said he'd use it. And I want to be purified. And I want to be to the glory of God. So, God, if you allow suffering in my life, I know Christ is walking with me through it. And I know his grace is abundant and real. And you know what? God may have answered your prayers this week. He may have said, I'm knocking everything else out that you're trusting in. And are you going to run to Jesus? Are you going to trust Jesus? My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The reality is, it all comes back to faith in God and faith in the love of God. And he, he, he again, we reiterate that, that he said, if God loved you while you were in rebellion, Now that he's adopted you into his family, how can you question his love? He gave you his spirit and his love is shed abroad in your heart. And he said, you need to believe it and act upon it. Do you understand God's trying to increase our faith in him? George Mueller, who by faith, saw millions and millions of dollars come in to supply his orphanages in England. And he said this, God delights to increase the faith of his children. We ought, instead of wanting no trials before victory, no exercise for patience, to be willing to take them from God's hand as a means I say, and say it deliberately, trials, obstacles, difficulties, and sometimes defeats are the very food of faith. We should take them out of his hands as evidence of his love and care for us in developing more and more that faith which he is seeking to strengthen in us. We say, what is God doing? I know one thing he's doing. He's trying to build the faith of believers. We pray for revival. And God says, okay, revival comes by faith. I'm going to build your faith. No, I don't want it that way. A kid says to his parents, I want to eat and be strong. And so his mother fixes a kale salad and And cuts all the sugar out. And he says, no, I don't want it that way. I want a chocolate chip cookies, ice cream, brownies, and milk. We pray, God, we want revival. Awaken us. And then when he shakes us, what are you doing? What are you doing? You prayed to awaken you. I'm waking you up. Or we can fall back into our slumber. This is a critical, critical time for believers literally around the world. We heard it last Sunday. There are people around the world that are looking to America. And God says, 
It's the wrong place to look. They need to be looking to God. And, and maybe they are looking to God and praying for America. I'm not saying they're wrong. But you know what? No matter what God shakes, God's always standing. And, and he is standing there and he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burdened. And what did he say? And I will give you rest. That's the peace by faith. But by faith we have to come to him. By faith we have to appropriate his grace. Christ, I need your grace. I need your power at work in my life. By faith, we endure the suffering. And, and you have already, many, and all of you have suffered in some way or another. But we can, we can gripe about it, complain about it, or we can say, God, use this in my life. Help me to persevere and to develop the character. And we can, with great hope and unabashed confidence in God's promises, realize the best is yet to come. Heavenly Father, help us to walk by faith. Lord, thank you for daily the opportunities you give us to walk by faith. And I pray, Lord, I pray that you would find in us hearts submissive to your will. I pray, Lord, if there is one here today that is, does not know that they have been declared righteous, all their sins have been forgiven by faith in Christ, I pray today that they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins and they would know the blessedness of sins forgiven. Then, Lord, I pray for every one of us today, may we, by faith, in you have a peace of you that passes all understanding and lord i pray that truly by faith in you that we would rejoice in the access to grace that we have in jesus christ lord we try to do it on our own And you stand there and say, I knock at the door. If you'll let me in, I will give you rest. Lord, the suffering, may we truly experience victory that is only from you through the suffering that some may be enduring even today. And Lord, I pray that the blessed hope of you would prevail and rule in our lives and that we would have an unwavering faith in you and in your perfect love. So Lord, would your spirit even now do a work in drawing our hearts to see the next step that you want us to take, the next step of obedience. Lord, I pray that we would know your power at work and that you would find in us 
an eager heart to obey you, an eager heart to run to you, an eager heart to abide in you and have your grace ruling in our lives. So, Lord, we rejoice today at all that is available to us by faith in you. And we pray this only in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.